Are you ready to vibe? You're listening to Creepy Vibes Only. Creepy Monday, my little gremlins. Welcome to another episode of Creepy Vibes Only, and I'm your host, Steph. So I hope that everyone has had a good week, a good weekend, a good long weekend to the uh, some of us that were lucky enough to get a long weekend, and just a good Easter. I, as I've mentioned a few times, I'm not religious, so we don't celebrate the Christian Easter, but we do a like family dinner and there's a um, egg hunt and chocolates. So we did that for my little nephew who's just under two years old. So that was a lot of fun. So in preparation for this episode, I wanted to find creepy facts related to Easter. And that was very hard to do. <laughs> the um, Easter holiday seems to be very innocent in terms of spooky, creepy facts. One thing I did find was a article that went through the different costumes that people used to use for the Easter bunny, and those were horrific. I think the article was iHorror.com, and it wasn't the best idea to look creepy facts about Easter uh, right before bed, because those images certainly... Did not visit me in my dreams that night. But I didn't find anything specifically creepy about Easter. I did learn a lot about Easter and the different traditions. I know more about the pagan holiday, Ostara. Um, Milo's scratching the carpet because he's just the best co-host ever, really. So, yes, I don't know much about the different holidays and traditions, but I did get to learn a bit with my research one thing i found was this article i read this article and by read i mean i read two to three sentences of that article that mentioned how april 2022 was a very rare and special month because so many religious holidays happen to fall within the month and that usually doesn't happen so they're mentioning how there's the christian easter ostara there's passover hamanda is happening this month Uh, So I thought that was pretty cool that everyone got to celebrate their religious beliefs, their religious, their culture during Easter, and everyone got to do a little something special. That was all within my research about Easter. So it fell short for the creepy facts, but I did see something Easter related. It was creepy, and I decided that, you know, I'm just going to talk about it. So last weekend, I was on my way to one of my favorite little spas to get my nails and brows done. And on my way, while I was driving up the road, I saw that someone had an Easter set up outside their house. And all I could see was the Easter bunny, its head kind of leaning over the porch. And I was like, oh my God, it's really cute because there's a park around. So it's a uh, very like family oriented neighborhood. So the, the sleigh was actually this like this costume that normally you would wear that was stuffed and uh, so the easter bunny was standing on the porch with its arms tied above its head so it was kind of leaning over 
uh, kind of like it was, you know, that like medieval like prison where your hands are tied up above your head. So that's how the Easter Bunny was. And then a few steps away from the porch, there was this tall mannequin and it was like this creepy man with this large like devilish uh, creepy smile that was leaning over a bar table that had a bowl with Easter eggs in it. And it's holding in front of its the table or like on top of the table a carrot in one hand and then in the back of its uh, behind its back it was holding a massive mallet. So that's um that was certainly unexpected. <laughs> I appreciated the creepiness, but then also had a uh, a little thought to the parents around who then will have to spend the next few weeks or days trying to dodge this bullet of a massive Easter display uh, and um, trying to explain it off to their kiddos. <laughs> and I think when I drove by, the person in Dennett had just done it. So he was around taking a bunch of pictures and he was very proud of himself. Um, so in that aspect, it was very cute. But in the other aspect, it was uh, certainly creepy and disturbing. So there's your creepy Easter fact of the holiday. So with all of that said, let's move on to this week's segment of Creepy Reads. Alrighty, so for this story, what I decided to do is reach reach out to a few of my friends and ask them to share their spooky stories with me. Because I know that a few of them have experienced stuff and others go to some creepy, spooky uh, experiences. So I thought that they would have a good amount of stories for me and some good stories. And surely they did not disappoint. So this story was sent in by my good friend, Sarah. And it was an experience that she went to, I believe it was last Halloween, But it was this seance experience in like haunted house, well, haunted home, like a legit haunted home. So you went over to a home that was believed to be haunted. You got to explore the home. And then after you would do a seance to try and contact the spirits. So that is what she went to do. And this is her story. For a Halloween event, I attended a seance led by James White, a mind reader and mentalist. He leads Victorian-style seances in haunted homes in the area. When I went, we were able to explore the house and see if we could experience something before the seance. As soon as we sat down in the circle, things started to get trippy. Bells on the table went off on their own there was a piano in the corner that started playing on its own, and the cabinet doors would fly open with no one close to them. It really was one of the creepiest things I've experienced. Can you imagine going to a seance and things just go wild around you? That is incredible. Um, When I first, when she text what she added to the group chat I first was typical of me jealous that a I was not invited and b did not know about this 
James White person and his seances. And then when I got over myself, I really read into your story and was the only reaction I had was, holy shit. (laughs) Uh, So thank you, Sarah, for sending that in. I will surely look for these events in the future and maybe I can do a little something special for the podcast. Maybe next Halloween, that'll be our special celebration. But for those who want to do something similar, so this person, his name is James White. They are obviously in Ottawa. And I briefly looked at their website and kind of what they were about. And from what I understood, so they do mind reading and they are a mentalist. So they kind of get people to do stuff, hypnotize them and that kind of stuff. But by doing those, that's when he kind of found a way to tie his mind reading and mentalism, I guess, activities with his love and interest for the paranormal. So that's why he started looking for haunted homes and leaving seances in those homes. He specifically says he is not a psychic or a medium and doesn't claim any abilities to connect with the dead, but he loves the paranormal and wants to try it out and see if he can get anything. And he says that his abilities for the mind reading and all of that uh, are very helpful to do with a crowd because then he can kind of, he has good abilities to read human behavior. So he's able to see if someone is like being dramatic and pretending they're getting touched versus someone who's genuinely freaked out about something. So I thought that was very interesting, very cool. So I would certainly look more into this uh, and maybe see if we can do something with these experiences or these seances for the podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Sarah. Not thank you for not inviting me. That was rude. Uh, We will talk more about it in the group chat. (laughs) But thank you for sharing. I hope that you've all really enjoyed this. So with our segment of creepy reads done, let's move on to our story of the week. Now, what would you do if you went into a pub to see almost all of the seats taken but one. And as you make your way towards it, you are warned to only sit in the chair if you wish to die in the near future. The authorities determine it to be a suicide. But the rest of the community believe that the man was the first victim of the chair of death. In 1914, the man's friend, confessed on his deathbed that he had robbed and murdered his friend. But he didn't know what pushed him to do it. He didn't know what motivated him to murder his friend. Just suddenly, as they were leaving the pub, something came over him, and that's how the murder happened. Hearing this, everyone believed that the curse had pushed a man to kill his friend. The chair gained more notoriety during the Second World War. RCAF airmen often frequented the pub and would dare each other to take a seat in the now famous chair. All who completed the there never made it back home from their mission. In 1968, two airmen dared each other to sit in the chair and they both met the challenge. On the way back to the airfield, they lost control of their car, which crashed into a tree on the side of the road. The two men died on their way to the hospital. Sadly, 
the thefts don't stop here. After bumping into the cursed chair, a cleaning lady was diagnosed with a fatal brain tumor and shortly passed away. A man died of a heart attack shortly after sitting in the chair. One final incident made Tony Earshaw, the inn's owner, lock up the chair to the cellar. A group of construction workers had stopped at the inn for a drink. They were teasing the youngest of the crew and convinced Slash dared him to sit in the chair. Ultimately, he met the challenge and sat in the chair of death. Everyone laughed it off, not thinking much of it. But when they returned to the construction site, the young man had fell through the roof of the building they were working on and landed on the concrete floor below. Sadly, he died on sight. Unfortunately, the chair's banishment to the cellar did not put an end to the curse. While in the cellar, a delivery man decided to take a break when he saw the unoccupied, perfectly fine chair in the corner. On his way out of the inn, he commented to Earshaw that the chair was way too comfortable to be left in the cellar away from people. Sadly, that was the last delivery the man ever completed as his truck went off the road and crashed, and the delivery man sadly died in the accident. The chair presented a dilemma to Earshaw. On one hand, it was a very profitable attraction to have in the inn. Flocks of people came to the inn specifically to see and sit in the mysterious chair of death. On the other hand, it had approximately killed over 60 people. The chair itself had been tied to more deaths than most serial killers in its time. Ultimately, Irsha decided the price to pay to have the chair available to the public was too high of a price. In 1978, he donated the chair to the first museum in North Yorkshire. Caveat, if I didn't pronounce it right, I'm very, very, very sorry. But it's spelled T-H-I-R-S-K. S-K. Fursk. Going back. In 1978, he donated the chair to the first museum in North Yorkshire with the one condition that no one should ever be able to sit in the chair again. Thankfully, you can still visit the chair of the museum, but it is hanging off of the wall high enough to ensure that no one can get to it, touch it, or try to sit in the chair. Also, while you're at the museum, might as well check out their collection of odd items, such as Toys made by Italian prisoner of wars, the bones of the Saxon giant, and much more. So for now, the curse is unable to claim any other victims. But what would make a regular oak chair a killing machine? Well, the chair was in fact its owner's, Thomas Busby, favorite chair. And on the day of his death, he put a curse on the chair. He cursed to death anyone who would sit in his chair after his own death. Maybe if we learn more about Thomas Busby, we would know how he was able to put such a strong curse on his chair, and more importantly, why. Thomas Busby lived in North Yorkshire in the late 1600. He was a local legend, but not for being a pillar of the community. Busby was a thug, 
a drunkard who counterfeited money and was known for his foul mood. Busby did not commit all of his crimes on his own. He did, in fact, have a partner in crime. Daniel Audi, who also dealt in money counterfeiting. The men had a very interesting relationship. They were partners in crime. Together, they ran a money counterfeiting ring. Both men owned neighboring inns, which allowed them to do their crimes in seclusion. And finally, Busby married Elizabeth Audi, Daniel's daughter, making Busby and Audi in-laws. You would think that the men would have a solid relationship, but that wasn't the case. They had a very tumultuous relationship, especially due to Busby's quick temper. One day, the duo had an argument over the distribution of their rations. As they could not come to an agreement, the men separated for the day, which seemed to be a very reasonable solution. The next evening, Audi went to Busby's home. Some say that he went simply to visit his daughter, but others say that he went to bring his daughter home as Busby was no longer good enough for his little girl. At that time, Busby had been out partying with friends, and when he arrived home, he was angry to see his father-in-law in his home. But when he realized that Adi was sitting in his favorite chair, he flew into a drunken rage and threw his father-in-law out of the chair. The men started fighting, but Adi realized that Busby was drunk, so he stopped fighting and went home. Livid from the fight with his father-in-law, Busby decided to go to his home to confront him with a hammer. He bludgeoned his father-in-law to death. When Busby realized what he did, he panicked and tried to cover up his crime as best as he could. He did his best to clean up the murder scene and hid Audi's body in the nearby woods. But Audi's disappearance did not go unnoticed for long. And the body was soon found. Busby was an immediate suspect, and it did not take long for the authorities to arrest and charge Busby for Audi's murder. Busby was sentenced to death by public hanging. He was to be hanged in a public setting, his body dipped in tar, and hung from the gibbet for days after the execution. And the gibbet was installed in front of Busby's inn. Now, this is where the story changes according to who tells it. In one version, for his last wish before his death, Busby asked to have a final drink in his favorite chair. He was escorted to his inn, had his drink, and before being escorted out, he announced that whoever would sit in this chair after his death would soon meet their own. In other stories, while standing on the platform, Busby screamed out that if anyone sat in his chair once he was dead, they would die too. No one at first thought anything of the curse, but soon strange things started to happen. After his death, Busby often appeared near the gibbet, even after his body was removed. Busby also started to haunt his old inn, but the stories of this hauntings weren't so popular as soon as the chair of death, Thomas Busby's favorite chair, took its first victim. Now that, my lovely little gremlins, is the story of the chair of death, also known as Busby's stooped chair. More likely to die an untimely death, but what about that? clean lady who just bumped in the chair and discovered she had a tumor. 
What about the delivery man who just took a break and died a car accident? No one will ever know. But people think that Busby's passion for his chair is what created such a strong curse on his chair. And now and forever, no one will ever be able to enjoy this chair unless they have a death wish. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. I will see you all in a week. Have a fantastic week. Enjoy the weather. Hopefully it will be nice. Hopefully you will all have a very, very good week. As always, come and say hi. Send me an email, DM on social media. Um, Keep sharing the episode. We are growing in followers, which is amazing. I love seeing all uh, my little gremlins listening. Yeah, keep sharing with whoever you think would enjoy the podcast. Send in your creepy stories. It is by far my favorite segment. Um, It could just come say hi. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. And I will see you all in a week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Creepy Vibes Only. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Creepy Vibes Only Podcast. And you can send us an email at cvopodcast at gmail.com. Remember to subscribe wherever you listen, download our episodes, and please leave us a review, ideally a really nice one. Thanks for vibing and keeping it creepy with us. We will see you next week. Bye!